0: Hi everyone, this is Jolisha from Sharebird. Thanks for being a loyal listener of our podcast. We're excited to announce that we just launched Sharebird Premium, a content library of proven playbooks, case studies, templates, and lessons learned used by product marketing leaders at the fastest growing companies, including many of who have been guests on this show. Start critical projects off right and avoid costly mistakes with Sharebird Premium. Visit sharebird.com playbooks to get access
1: you're losing 30% of your deals to competitors. Not cool. That competitive revenue gap is costing your business millions of dollars. So how do you tip the scale in your favor? Clue's competitive enablement platform makes it simple for product marketers and compete pros to give their revenue teams the exact right intel at the exact right time. Positioning, messaging, objection handling, and FUD, Clue shares real-time competitive insights in the places your reps already live and makes it easy for them to contribute insights from the field. That's why if you ever get ego the best thing you can do is call it. I got
0: this.
1: Welcome back to season five of the Product Marketing Experts Podcast. Today I am so excited to have with me Katie Gerard, the Director of Product Marketing at Levio. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Everyone's path into product marketing is a little bit different, and so curious if you could share a little bit about yourself and how you got into your current role.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here on the podcast. I think like a lot of product marketing leaders, my path was fairly circuitous. Like many PMMs, I actually started out working in content marketing because I think writing is such a core skill for product marketing. And I actually wrote a plastic engineering blog for several years working in manufacturing. And I'm definitely not an engineer. So that was a really fun experience because it allowed me to really learn how to kind of nerd out on new topics and get deep into them and have empathy for different points of view, which I think is really important within product marketing. After that, I did an MBA. And while I was doing the MBA, I actually did basically a marketing walkabout. I was really curious about marketing. It's such a diverse discipline. So I did a ton of informational interviews with people in different industries, different parts of marketing. And that's actually how we first met because I organized a panel on marketing that you came and talked, you were part of. And I still wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do after that. So I did a leadership development program at Amadeus which is a travel tech company. No one in the US has ever heard of it but it's actually quite a large publicly traded company in Europe. And at the end of that program, I did move into PMM. I was actually leading a small team. They were moving into an ad tech space, and they said, "Hey, you've done digital marketing. You should do this ad tech (laughs) product with us." And then when the pandemic hit, I actually moved to Klaviyo because Martech was booming. And my team focuses on our core business, so primarily email across SMB, mid-market, and enterprise. And we really have a little bit of a GM hat. So we're focused on full funnel looking at everything from product development through the sales funnel, all the way to product adoption and just figuring out every week, we look at the numbers and we decide what do we need to do to drive the business forward? So definitely a little bit of a less traditional background, but I think it's been really helpful to make me have a more flexible point of view, especially as product marketing itself keeps changing, right? I think versatility is a really important quality to have if you're a leader within PMM.
1: Completely agree, and I love the focus on being kind of a GM or a core owner. I imagine it's gotten you deep into Clavio's own metrics on, you know, customer acquisition costs and lifetime value and retention and usage and a whole bunch of other things. We could go on and on and on about, I'm sure. But I'm sure it's made you kind of an expert on a lot of those core business metrics. I'm curious how you've used that real quick to like maybe influence your team or your leadership at Clavio.
0: So in terms of using the metrics to influence the team, I think you just want to keep like week by week, we look at what is happening, right? So, you know, is lower SMB down, is upper SMB down? And then we'll really zero in on the part of the funnel that we're concerned with. So at Claviate we've been a little bit more focused on new revenue, but that's changing as the company scales, we're spending more and more time looking at customers and retention. So we will look at, you know, okay, so we think that, maybe upper SMB is down, just picking a random example. And then we'll look at the full funnel and we'll see, okay, well, based on last year, where is that falling off? Like where are we missing target? And then we'll think of initiatives that we can do to kind of shore that up. So maybe it's something around win rate, for example. If win rate is down, is that because they don't have good ROI slides or it's because they don't have the right battle cards or what is it? And then we test and learn, test and learn. So we'll develop a battle card, for example, we'll see how it's working in the market, and then we'll do another version.
1: That's amazing. I want to talk a little bit about Clavio and the overall space real quick, because in my mind, at least, having been at HubSpot and a number of other MarTech companies... Clavio is certainly a a darling of the space, so to speak, and fortunately enough for this conversation, the 2023 MarTech landscape uh, just recently came out, and if memory serves me correctly, I believe there's now 11,000 companies in this space overall. So curious about how you and the overall product marketing team at Clavio have thought about differentiating yourself in the space.
0: Yeah, I love that question. And I've seen those slides over the years, right? Where they have the whole MarTech landscape and it gets crazier and crazier every year. It's wild. First of all, I just want to say, this is a good thing for consumers. Like it's a good thing. I used to work in an industry that was basically a triopoly. Like there were three companies and people would kind of yo-yo between festive breed and like integrated tech stack. And they didn't see a, like there wasn't a ton of innovation and they weren't seeing a lot of value as they kind of yo-yo back and forth. Within MarTech, it's like the opposite. Like people are innovating left and right. There's so much choice for consumers. And then in terms of how we differentiate clavia, we actually just rolled out new positioning. And the short answer is like, there is no one key differentiator. I don't think anyone in the MarTech space has something that's just like completely original and nobody else has it. We actually rolled out seven differentiators. And when I rolled them out, I said, look, you're never gonna use all seven in one place. That's crazy what you are gonna do is you're gonna take these and you're gonna mix and match depending on who you're talking to. So when we rolled this out, we wanted to really index on Clabio's data infrastructure, which is really unique. It's very fast. It's very scalable. It's very reliable. And it's something that appeals more to like a more mid-market customer. And we wanted to really index on that. Is it the only database in the whole world that exists like that? No, absolutely not. Like there are other people who are doing similar things but I think what makes Clavio special is like, we have that database. It's also really easy to use us. You don't need a, like an army of developers. You don't need to spend a ton of time and money learning how to do it yourself. Clavio just gives you all that power in a really easy way. So to summarize your question, I don't think you can just completely be original. I think you have to think about your user and how you're thinking about your product in relation to their point of view so that you can translate that value for them.
1: Love the way that you're thinking about that. And couldn't agree more that all of the choice, so to speak, in the MarTech landscape is a great thing for businesses and consumers alike. I I'm mean, curious about that project, maybe a little bit more. You mentioned you just worked on kind of repositioning Clavio. Curious what you repositioned as. Curious what even maybe kicked off that process and how you kind of got that over the finish line.
0: Sure. So Clavio has a lot of big projects coming up. We're releasing a bunch of new products this year. In the news, there's been rumors of our IPO. So there's a lot of ambition there. So as we start to think about CLADIO as being more than just like marketing for e-commerce, we wanted to make sure that we were well positioned and we had positioning that would support that. And also keep in mind, like you want to tweak your positioning regularly every way. So every six months or so, you want to be looking at that to making sure it's really current against competitors in the market. So that's why we decided to take it on. The process itself, so when I think about positioning a company, which is a big project, there's really like three steps that I think of. So the first is cross-functional alignment. So we literally drew up a list of like who's on the core team, who's on the extended team, who do we want feedback from, who do we just kind of want to let know as an FYI, but they don't get to give the feedback. The second piece is really to do your research. I'm sure you know well, like research internally as well as externally talk to customers understand the competitive landscape as PMM you should know a lot of that already it doesn't mean you have to start from scratch but you really want to understand when I think about positioning I literally think about like that four quadrant chart and it's literally like physically where am I positioned on this map so you need to really understand the competitors and how customers are looking at them And then the last one is just iterate, iterate, iterate. So iterate in terms of the writing itself, which is very hard. Something as pithy as like, what is Clavio? Very hard to master. And then also once it's in the market, you want to iterate. And so we did a ton of writing rounds. Like we had everybody on the team all the way up to the head of PMM, do iterations of what is Clavio. And we sat in a room and we like went through them. We reviewed them with the CEO and now I'm actually in kind of an interesting process where we formally launched it. It's on the homepage, but now I'm kind of quietly auditing. Like I listen to gong calls and I see who's using the pitch deck and I ask them if they're comfortable with it. And I see how it landed. And so in a way you're kind of always positioning. It never goes away, <laughs> but it's very fun.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, you mentioned you're kind of auditing. I'm sure you're Probably measuring success of people using it, and you know the folks that you've enabled, and maybe the folks that have been certified, or however you've enabled them, respectively. But are you measuring the kind of like old positioning versus the new positioning at all? Or and curious about what some of those kind of success metrics for for you and the team look like?
0: Absolutely. So the easiest, or so the most straightforward way to look at this is you can see how the home page is performing. So we can see. With the new messaging, is the homepage performing better than it was with the old messaging? Our old messaging was very channel focused. So it was very like email, SMS. Our new messaging is more holistic. It's talking about the platform. And then for other assets, things like win rates. So you can look at the pitch deck. Are people winning more with this? You can also survey your sales team or your CS team and ask them, are they comfortable with it? Do they like it? I actually, when the homepage went live, I sent it to a bunch of customers that I know. And I just said, you know, what do you think about this? And they gave me very, sometimes almost too candid feedback (laughs) about certain sections. (laughs) So there's a bunch of different ways to measure it. And I think it's since positioning a company, it's one of the most important things that PMM does. It's so important, like I said, to iterate and to basically have this be like a year round process where you're making little tweaks and measuring.
1: For sure. And one thing that everyone's talking about that. We're certainly talking about with multiple guests this season is around AI and generative AI in particular. Of course, it's been the talk of the town in MarTech overall. Curious if you thought about that as far as your repositioning exercise, how you incorporated it if you did, and just how you and the team kind of think about it overall at Clavia.
0: So I interpret your question kind of in two ways. So there's did we consider AI to be a Klaviyo differentiator? And the answer to that question is yes. So we've had a data science team for a long time and we do have some machine learning slash AI features such as subject line assistant. We have predictive analytics. And I think you'll see us leaning even more into that because it is so trendy, like you just said. The other question is like, did I use AI when I was doing the positioning? And the answer is also yes. We decided to call Clavio an intelligent marketing automation platform, the intelligent really just reflecting that deep data commitment. But I and some of the other leaders of PMM spent a lot of time in a room going over different options for that. And we definitely asked ChatGPT for many, many different iterations. I think it's super helpful. And as a PMM, I don't see why you wouldn't use it. It really can be a great shortcut and it can help like inspire new
1: ideas. Couldn't agree more. I, I myself have just thrown a few ideas for kind of taglines or positioning or you know, different statements, different like H1s, you know, so to speak, at Chat GPT. And while what it's come back with hasn't generally speaking been perfect. It's given me either a jumping off point or maybe a good way to revise what I've already written, or even somewhere in between those two things.
0: Absolutely. And it can give you tons of new ideas too. It's great for writing
1: that way. For sure. Let's switch gears a little bit. You talked a little bit about launching the new narrative. You alluded to a lot of upcoming launches for Klaviyo, which is really exciting. And I'm sure Clavio's product team or engineering team or both really have pushed out new updates constantly. So curious how you, you know, work with your GTM partners across sales and CS, how you handle this volume of launches. I think this is a challenge that every PMM leader Encounters. I was just talking to a few about how do you deal with this kind of volume of requests? How do you ensure that the GTM teams are informed and enabled while not overwhelming them and not taking away from their kind of day job, so to speak? So, I'm curious how you've kind of done that at Clavio and how you've successfully enabled the GTM teams and your customers, respectively.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, we do a ton of launches at Clavio. We really want our launches to reflect a certain pace of innovation. We do quarterly launches, we do our Clavio product event. And then every month that we don't do a KPE, we actually do a monthly launch. And when I first joined, one of the first things I did was develop this launch process. And I was really looking at efficiency because what would happen in the early days is we would have a Clavio product event and we'd have features lined up for that. But then some other thing would come up and we'd have to go to the creative team and they wouldn't have bandwidth and it was really challenging. So I put into place this framework around We will have some format of launch every month. The assets will always be the same. It's as self-serve as possible. And if we don't have any features, then we just cancel it. And that's never happened. (laughs) We've always used it. I think in terms of enablings, we have a pretty standardized enablement format. We do have enablement teams at Clavia, which is super helpful. So we work really closely with them. We make customer facing slides that are presented at monthly roadmap meetings. So PMM is just part of that product management roadmap meeting. And we talk about how you would talk external facing about the new features in that same meeting. And then again, like I said earlier, I really like to see how it's working. So when I talk to customers, I'll be like, have you seen our most recent product launch? And honestly, it's still 50-50. I think it is very hard to cut through the noise and get people to pay attention. So it's an ongoing process, but that's what we're doing today.
1: Makes complete sense and agree, especially when you have so many launches and just the broader market and what's happening in the broader world, even. It's tough to sometimes at least pay attention to, you know, maybe a, a smaller launch. Bigger launches are a whole other story, but smaller launches, especially. Absolutely. Clevio, I mean, you mentioned moving a little bit away from channels to more platform, but I want to talk about channels just for a second because. I know, gosh, it probably was a year ago at this point, but feel free to correct me on the timing there, that Clavio moved into channels like SMS and push notifications. And so curious how you think about some of those kind of bigger launches like that and how you get the entire team really rallied around them.
0: So I just said that the whole launch process is like as efficient as possible. These really big launches are kind of where the playbook gets thrown out. No matter how much you try to make launches efficient, I feel like when the stakes are high, you're always going to have people from leadership questioning your process, wanting to do more, wanting to be more creative. And so there's a lot of reinvention that goes into these big launches. I would say like the first thing is what are the goals, right? Like sometimes we will launch something and we won't even monetize it right away, like with push notifications. Sometimes we'll launch something and we'll have very ambitious MQL goals or very ambitious ARR goals. And so the size of the goal kind of indicates how big the launch itself should be. And also I want to think about what are the long-term goals, right? The launch is just a tiny moment. So let's say we're launching something we're not monetizing this year. Are we monetizing it next year? And what are our goals for that? And then how do we get there? And then in terms of enablement, so our team is super ambitious. I find often we actually have to tell sales like not yet, that product's not ready yet. Or this new vertical is not ready yet. Because they're so excited to bring on new business, they really believe everyone should have Clavio. But I actually, for enablement, especially for big products like this, I like to follow the Amazon process of like a PR FAQ. So we write the PR, which is an internal document talking about like the ideal around what the product will be and the impact it will have. And then I literally will just dump every question in my brain, like what could someone potentially ask about this and fill that all out and share it widely? And also ask for feedback, like what questions haven't I thought of? And I found that that process works pretty well.
1: Love that process. It's certainly one that we adopted at HubSpot and oftentimes, you know, gets ahead. It forces not only us in product marketing respectively, but our counterparts in product management to kind of really truly be partners in the process and maybe think about some of these questions that they possibly hadn't thought about or kind of come alongside us as well. So love that you do that as well. One final question that I ask pretty much everyone that that comes on the podcast, because you know, at the end of the day, everyone that comes on this podcast has generally speaking years and years and years of experience in product marketing. You become an expert in at least one facet of product marketing, if not multiple, you're a leader. And so what's one thing that a boss or a mentor, or maybe even a colleague has taught you in your career that's really served you well, even today?
0: Yeah, so one thing we haven't talked about that much on this podcast is I'm really passionate about leadership and like coaching my team on how to improve. And so I actually work with a career coach and a piece of advice that she's given me that I think is really valuable is think about your career like long term, right? So think about what goal you want to get to and break that down into like where are my gaps? So interview people who have the job you want to have figure out where your gaps are, and then actually create a plan for yourself. So every week you're doing 30 minutes of an activity that's going to increase your knowledge. So maybe you're listening to this podcast, right? Or maybe you're learning about B2B SaaS metrics or whatever, but that way you're very slowly making progress as opposed to trying to basically run a race without having trained for it.
1: I lo- love that piece of advice. It requires a level of intentionality that I hope everyone listening to this will learn from you and adopt, but that's an incredible piece of advice. Anywhere that people can learn from you, Katie, and you know what you're maybe writing or publishing or even what you're maybe reading or consuming as you kind of navigate that path yourself?
0: Yeah. So I just published a Sharebird AMA on competitive positioning so people can check that out. In terms of what I'm reading. Well, I recently read Range. Have you read that book about like the importance of, so it's all about how in order to be a really good specialist, you actually have to read, or you have to learn broadly. So I highly recommend that one. And then in terms of getting in touch with me, I'd love to connect with other product marketers. Please ping me on LinkedIn. I also have one open headcount on my team. So check out Clavio Careers.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being with me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: This show is produced by ShareBoot, the knowledge sharing platform for the fastest growing teams. It's the place to get on-demand answers to your questions and learn from leaders at the top of their field. Want more advice and insights? Check out ShareBoot.